The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia, home of Super Bowl 53. It was awesome to have the national and worldwide spotlight on our city for the Super Bowl. Folks, I am excited for today's show about the spring rush and how we can make the most out of this opportunity. Before we get into the details of today's show, I do want to say thank you to everybody who has been leaving reviews for us in iTunes. Last I checked, we had like 40 ratings. That is awesome, but we want to get more. And so if you haven't left our show a review in iTunes, it really would help out a lot with the algorithm and all that stuff in iTunes. When you drop a review, it helps the show out. So please take time in iTunes and uh, click on that blue um, thing that says write a review and write us a little sentence or two and uh, drop a, there's five stars. If you think the show is worth five, drop a five star or whatever you think it's worth. Uh, but that feedback definitely helps the show. So Mr. Producer has been getting on me that I've been forgetting to say that and that uh, we would definitely appreciate your reviews in iTunes. Now, today, this is an important topic to me. Leonard Ravenhill, he said, seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. I'm going to say that again in case it went over your head. Seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. And as a landscape professional, I started my business, my, my first real year was in 2011. And I've been doing landscaping and lawn care pretty much part-time since then. And then a little bit, I've been doing it full-time. And I've realized there is a very unique opportunity, and that is the spring rush. And I'm well aware the statistics of our podcast that we got people to listen to Australia and in Germany and all across the United States, all across the world. So there's people who, as you listen to this you know, the week it's published, it might not be the spring in your area. I know here in Georgia at the beginning of February here, we've had this, some beautiful weather. It's been in the upper 60s and then a couple of days in the 50s going to get back into the upper 60s. And it, it feels like spring's here. It's a little bit of fool's gold because it's going to, the temperatures are probably going to drop back down one final time and then we'll get, uh, ba- you know, back to the, the spring-like temperatures. But for those of you who've been around landscaping for a while, you know that there's something magical that happens where you get a couple nice days of weather in the spring and all of a sudden homeowners are just like, they get this fever, like a a, a, a woman gets a fever to have a baby. They call it baby fever. <laughs> that people get a fever for, oh my gosh, we got to get the lawn right. And for whatever reason, they wait until those couple nice days of spring. And then the next thing you know, the phone's ringing off the hook and people are calling, hey, wanted to ask you about this. Hey, come check out this. Hey, come quote this. And the next thing you know, it is just wild. And as I've looked back on the last seven or eight springs that I've had, I just feel like I've, I haven't had that perfect spring. I've had some good springs and I've had some bad springs and I've made so many mistakes along the way. And if you're new to this podcast, typically I interview somebody else and I always ask them the question, what has been the biggest mistake you've made in business? 
And what have you learned from that mistake? And so today I want to open up and be vulnerable. It's kind of embarrassing some of the stories that I'm going to share, but they really happened. And I really learned from my mistakes. And that's in part of why I'm creating this podcast, because I wish I would have had this podcast back in 2011 when I was getting started. I didn't really have much mentorship or guidance. I had one gentleman I was very thankful. He took me out for a cup of coffee and we chatted for probably an hour and a half back in 2011. But I was in my first year of business and I didn't know what questions to ask. And I didn't fully, you know, I got some out of that conversation. He followed up with me, um, you know, every now and again, but he was busy and I was busy. And then they're just, I would listen to all kind of business books and this, that, and the other, but they're, they're more generalized. They're more broad. They're more, you know, principles that apply to businesses all across the board. And so that's part of why I made this podcast. Cause I'm like, man, if I would have had all this information, could, could you imagine if I would have all the, the knowledge that I have now, back when I was in my first year of business, I could have avoided so many mistakes, so many tears, so many fearful moments, just so much of the anxiety and stress and uh, negative emotions that I experienced because I was overwhelmed in running a business that I didn't fully understand what I was doing. Uh, I, I wish I would have had this information. So that's part of why I make this podcast is so that the guys who are in their first, second, or third year, they can listen to some of these episodes and learn stuff that we've learned through the school of hard knocks and, and avoid those mistakes. And the podcast just isn't for the first, second, and third year guys. I got, you know, a vision for people who are in their um, second decade in their business that they'll listen and they'll get knowledge and information as well. So that's where we're going in this. I got a whole page of notes. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to get through all of these. I am making this episode on Super Bowl Sunday and I got to get going. I got a big Super Bowl party to attend here, but I'm super passionate about this guys because there's so much on the line with running our businesses. I mean, a lot of y'all have wives. A lot of y'all have children. I'm trying to get a wife. I'm trying to have children here in the near future. And it's just like, this is our opportunity of a lifetime, the spring rush. This is the time where the demand for our services is peaking. And we want to take advantage. We want to, we want to maximize our profits in this season. We want to make the most of this awesome opportunity. And that's where I want to share a little bit out of today. And I got, I got, I mean, I just wrote down all these notes of the mistakes that I've learned. So I'm going to give you a little testimony of, of how my business started. I, I have some friends like Naylor Taliaferro, who's been here in the studio, and he shared his story of how strategic he was with starting his business, and he knew he was going from retail management, and he had everything all planned out. He had his five-year plan. He had his 10-year plan, and he was just he was on top of it. And I have other friends who, you know, same thing. They they came from this business background where they kind of understood some of the basic principles of business and they started their lawn care business. Everything just was kind of like smooth and and good. And that's awesome. <laughs> but for me, I stumbled into lawn care and I didn't own a business in the past. So I didn't know all the things that you need to know about business. And I didn't really know that much about the lawn care business. So how it all started and I, and, and you guys that are haughty and arrogant and prideful and you're going to laugh at my stories, then that's fine. But I'm going to be honest of how I got into the game and how, oh man, I hope I don't start crying. I, I just had some rough years. I had some rough times because I didn't know what I was doing early, early on. And now thank, thank God that I have, 
you know, learned so many of these lessons the hard ways. And I've had awesome uh, mentors and friends come into my life and teach me so much uh, since then. But how it all started, and I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it in, in a nutshell because it's, it's, I'm sharing this with you because I'm also kind of just remembering how far this thing has come. And I want to make sure this spring, it's different. This spring is the best spring of my career. This spring is the highest profit margins of my career. This spring is fruitful and productive and it goes well. And so how it all started years ago, back in 2011, I was, my friend was in music and he was actually working with some big names on an album. And so he had to fly out for a year and go work on his, uh, this record deal situation. So he's like, Hey, my mortgage is 928 bucks a month. What do you think about just living in my house for a year, you know, pay my mortgage, pay the utilities and it's your, you know, your house. And so I was like, sure. So I, I did that. I got a couple of friends to move in to help out with the rent a little bit. You know, I charged them for their rooms and I'm walking through the neighborhood one night and I noticed my neighbor's yard was all overgrown and the house was on the market. And I was like, this is just weird. Like it, it did not make sense at all. Cause if you're trying to sell a house, you would you know, keep the lawn manicured. So I called the phone number on the real estate agent sign and they thought I was calling. They didn't really know why I was calling. She was getting real like um, defensive. And I said, Hey, I was like, I was just calling because I, I didn't know if you guys were aware the house that you have on the market is all overgrown. And she thought I was a landscaping company. So she's like, Oh, well, what is your price? This is so embarrassing folks. It's like, what is your price to do the lawn? And Literally, I had like a cartoon moment where the light bulb went off in my head and I needed money. And so I was like, wow, this is a way I can make money. And I don't know where I came up with $60 from. I have no idea. But I told her $60, which was not the right price at all. <laughs> and so she's like, cool, do the job. And then when you're done, we'll send you a check. Well, I don't have a lawnmower. I don't have a weed eater. I don't have a blower. I don't really have that much experience other than as a kid, you know, cutting my parents' lawn and the neighbor's lawn. And so there was a lawnmower at the house where we lived at. We didn't really have a yard. We just had a couple weeds in the backyard. So there was this ghetto mower that wasn't self-propelled or anything like that. And we would just cut the weeds in the backyard with it, you know, once every two weeks or whatever. And uh, just my yard was basically like Georgia clay with a couple weeds. So I was like, well, I guess I can try to use this lawnmower. So I, I take the lawnmower out of the garage and I go over there and it's not going to cut it. The grass is way too tall. So I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. And so I call my buddy who's got a lawnmower. He's like, yeah, I'll do it for 30 bucks. So I was like, okay, fair enough. I'd make 30. He makes 30. So he comes over and he just, he passes over it twice, but he doesn't weed eat. He doesn't do like the whole spot in the backyard he missed. And I called him back. I was like, dude, you didn't even mow the backyard. He's like, oh yeah, I got busy. I didn't know if that was their yard or the neighbor's yard. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so anyway, I, I'm out of 30 bucks now and they're only paying me 60 bucks. I didn't know anything about quarterly tax. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. I'm just thinking I could use 60 bucks. So then I call my other friend who has a weed eater and has a blower and has a edger. He has all that equipment. And he actually had his landscaping company he actually closed down because he opened the nursery. So he's like, you know what, Paul? He's like, I got all this equipment just sitting in the garage. He's like, you're more than welcome to use it, which was a lifesaver. And I didn't even have a truck. So I had a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> so I literally actually at the time, no, I had a Honda. This was before I got my Benz. I had a Honda, a Honda Accord. 
There's an old school one, like a 97 or whatever. It's it rusty. And um, so I go and I pick up the weed eater and I got, you know, a little bit of it hanging out the window and I tilted it in the back seat. And uh, I just, it was just a little blower. It wasn't a backpack blower. It was a little handheld blower, still blower. And then uh, I had the edger. And so I borrowed his equipment. I go over there and I, I you know, I get the yard done. And, and, and my other buddy helped me. I paid him. After the first yard, I lost a lot of money. I, I don't know the exact figures, but they paid me 60 bucks. By the time I paid my friend, by the time I paid my friend for some, you know, let me borrow the equipment. I paid my other friend. I lost money. My first job, I don't know how many hours, if you calculate the driving to go pick it up and coordinating with my friends and all of that, $60 they paid me. Let's say I was out 200 bucks. So probably my first job, 140 bucks that, you know, I lost on my first job. And then she calls me the real estate agent and she's like, Hey, we got another yard down the road. Can you do that one? And, uh, so I was like, sure, 60 bucks. And, uh, you know, that one I did a little bit better on cause I just did it all myself. And, uh, my buddy let me, uh, use his equipment again. So I put, packed everything up in the Honda Accord. I'm going down the road, baby. And, uh, I spent so much time there cause the mower wasn't self-propelled and it was so overgrown again. Oh, and the bushes. Oh man. Well, anyway, so I got that $60 check and then my buddy, he, um, he's, he's rich. He lives in a, a $1.5 million house, which, which is a, in Georgia, that's a big house. In LA or New York, maybe that's small, but here it's a big house. So my one friend has uh, master tickets to the golf tournament. And, uh, you know, his mom grew up in Augusta, Georgia, and he gave me two tickets to the Masters. So I, I invite my my rich friends, like, hey, you want to go? He loves golf. He's like, you want to go to the Masters with me? Which is a big deal uh, for your golf fans. So we go to the Masters. Uh, I think it was on a Thursday or Friday. And uh, anyway, when I was at his house, his wife like, hey, why don't you do our yard? I heard you're doing landscaping now. I've only done two yards <laughs> in my career, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And uh, so next thing you know, my third account is this million-dollar house where it's a really nice neighborhood, one of the nicest neighborhoods in Atlanta. Very, very, very nice neighborhood. On a golf course, it's very nice. And so I picked that account up and she's like, uh, the other guy was paying us 45 bucks a, a cut. And she's like, does that work for you? And I was like, I was thinking $45 at the time. I was thinking, wow. I was like, I could do it in one hour. That's, I'm making 45 bucks an hour. Like I have no idea about overhead operational costs. I have no idea about quarterly tax. I don't know anything about anything, folks. This is my first year. I'd never owned a business before. And I certainly didn't own a lawn care business. So it, it, it's paining me. I hope you're not listening to this. Like this guy's an idiot. I was at the time. I'm not now, but I was, you know, not as much now, but oh, it's, 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 this is crushing me to even share this story, but I'm sharing with you. Cause I'm, I want to let you see all the mistakes I made and, and lessons I learned from them. So long story short, next thing, you know, something remarkable happened. My friend, who's a entrepreneur, if I name some of the businesses he started, you've probably heard of him. He's a very wealthy guy. And uh, he started several businesses. He's just, he's an entrepreneur. He's like Gary V. And he said, Hey, I heard you start, you know, I heard you start a lawn care company. And he's like, You want me to help you out? And I was like, How are you going to help me out? He's like, I'll make you a website and you will, you, your phone will ring off the hook. And I was like, Okay. And so he has his team of his IT tech uh, guys, web guys, they make me this website. And I was number one, if you typed in my city, I was number one on Google and my phone rang off the hook. And I mean, I, I, what was crazy is I had a Google voice number 
And I ended up, I don't know, something happened with Google Voice to where I couldn't access that number anymore a couple years ago. But anyway, my phone started ringing like crazy. And it was the spring rush. And so I had a a CFO of a company in uh, California call me. And he's like, hey, can you come do my yard? And he, he lived in this other fancy country club. So now I'm doing two fancy country clubs. And I'm, I mean, I'm brand new in business. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting these million dollar houses from these, you know, people that are big, uh, big money. And here we go. I don't really have equipment. I don't really, I don't have, I don't have anything set up yet. I have all this, uh, customers. And then I started doing that yard. And then the next thing, you know, I mean, this thing just started spreading like wildfire and beloved, my first few years of business was a disaster. About every mistake that you could have made, I made. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get a drink of water, Mr. Producer. Excuse me. All right. So every mistake that I think is humanly possible to make, I made. And I had the excitement of being an entrepreneur. I had the excitement of running a lawn care company. I had an excitement of I own my own company. This is awesome. My phone's ringing off the hook. But I also had the fear that I'm like this financially, I am spending so many hours working and I feel like I'm losing money. I was. And in many ways I was. It was it was almost like I was paying my customers to do their work because I didn't have the proper equipment. I didn't have the proper structures. I didn't have the proper employees. I was in over my head. I I bit off more than I can chew and I didn't know what I was doing. And so that was back in 2011. Now, thankfully, we're going into the spring of 2019 and things are dramatically different. I have uh, the proper equipment. I have, you know, I'm I'm getting everything structured and the right people and the right customers and the right uh, pricing, which is so important to understand your pricing and everything's radically different now. But he, so my point is, I'm not sharing this stuff like I got it out of some book or whatever. These these are lessons that I have learned the hard way. I have shed real tears. I have had real fears. I have had real stress. I have had real anxiety. And I have had real success. I've had real uh, wins. And so without further ado, <clears throat> here's some of my goals for this spring rush. And number one is efficiency and profitability. And as we go into this uh, spring rush, I'm, I'm trying to have my setup for what my goals are that each job I do is going to be run as efficiently as possible. And the reason I put these together in my notes, efficiency and profitability is because I, they go hand in hand. The, The profitability obviously is having our our um, operational expenses as, you know, airtight as possible that we comb through everything we can and get it as our expenses as low as possible. But having an efficient setup is also going to increase the profitability because we'll be able to get jobs done in a good, uh, a good time. So I got a, a real mower, which I live in Georgia. So many of you might not even know what that is, but it's a it cuts the turf like a putting green or a tee box. It cuts it really, really low at like a half of inch. And that's uh, a target that I have in my marketing plan is that I, I have a niche of real mowing and it's a special service. It's a premium service. I'm able to charge more than a regular lawn for it. 
and I have a lot of experience of, you know, I've done real mowing for a while now. And so I understand the intricacies with it. I'm not going to get into all the details of real mowing. I'm actually got somebody uh, lined up for a future episode. We're going to talk all about real mowing. So if that interests you, we'll go into the details of that because you need to sand the yard. And, and there's, there's a lot of uh, things about that. So I'm not going to get on a side tangent with real mowing, but I, I have a specific niche for my lawn maintenance division of real mowing. And I got the setup and I know how to, I know how to price those jobs. And so it's about efficiency and profitability. Number two, reading off my notes here for how I want to crush it, this spring rush. And that is to stay in my lane. Do not bite off more than you can chew. I'm going to say that again. Do not bite off more than you can chew. There is plenty of sunlight in the day. We, we can work eight to 10 hours easily in the spring. The, the days are longer. The temperatures are where, where, you know, might be different where you live, but here in Georgia, the temperatures are just perfect. It's the summer gets hot, but in the spring, it's so pleasant to work when it's 80 degrees. Some days it's even in the seventies. Oh, it's just so beautiful. The birds are chirping. The azaleas are growing. It's, it's, it's beautiful. But what I've learned is to stay in my lane. There's always going to be customers, neighbors coming out saying, Hey, do you do this? Hey, do you do that? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? And if you guys have not listened to my podcast yet with Caleb Allman from, um, it's called uh, Vetting Customers. You can go back in the, old, in the old episodes. Caleb Allman shared how he vets his customers and the questions that he asks. He, he does, does a remarkable uh, job in that show. But it is so important that we stay in our lane and we don't bite off more than we can chew. And we don't waste our time with customers who it's just vanity. They're just wasting our time. They want a free quote. They're, they're not even going to have us do the work or it's not going to be profitable if we do our work. I can go all these details, but my friend, I have learned and I am learning not to bite off more than I can chew. And part of that is learning to vet my customers because there's only a certain amount of time that we have in the spring rush and I don't want to waste it. I've done this every single year since 2011, where I've taken on a job in the spring and I didn't price it correctly or I misread the people and they were a pain in the rear to work for. And the job just, the job just went south. And here I am giving my precious time and effort into a job when there's all these other jobs that are just golden jobs and, and, and customers coming in and opportunities there that I have to pass on because I'm stuck on this job that's not going well. And it's hard to explain that intuition. Uh, go, please, please do yourself a favor and listen to Caleb Allman's podcast. It's actually my number one podcast. It, it has uh, the most downloads and listen time and all that. People just eat it up and so good. But I've learned to stay in my lane. And when the spring's going, I know where I make my money in my core aerations, in my sod installations, in my uh, specialty, you know, premium real mowing lawn maintenance services. I, I have, and I'm, I'm, I'm niching down as much as I can. And as we go into the future, I have some plans for, you know, 2020, 2021. There's all these things going through my mind of how I can get even more niche down. Uh, Stan Genetics says that the riches are in the niches. There's a lot of truth to that. The riches are in the niches. But at the end of the day, 
this spring rush, I don't want to look back at the spring and say, oh man, I had that weight that, you know, that two weeks I was doing that big old job and that thing, by the time it was all said and done, barely got made any profit on it. I went, no, no, no. I don't want that to happen this year. I want it to be fruitful days, profitable days, and things to run uh, smoothly and efficiently. Number three, schedule, exercise, and rest. I am a amateur athlete. <laughs> I like to think I uh, love to play basketball. I love to play uh, football. I love to play golf. I love to play a lot of sports. I had a dream the other night I was playing baseball back in the day. But what has happened over the last several springs is I got out of consistency with working out and having poor sleep schedules. I know my Cleveland Cavaliers for four years in a row, they went to the NBA finals and the NBA playoffs are always in the spring. So I would stay up late every night watching, you know, the LeBron and the playoffs. And then I'd wake up early. I wasn't getting enough sleep and I would be too exhausted to work out. And we had a busy day scheduled. And so this year I have on paper, actually it's in my um, Google sheets, my workout plan. And so I know Monday, boom, here's, here's my plan. Tuesday, here's my plan. Wednesday, here's my plan. And I have I have this planned out. And thankfully, I have an awesome gym at my house uh, that's really awesome. A little, We got a barn at our house, and I got it turned into a gym like Rocky. Oh, it's so awesome. Pumps me up. But I've learned that I am taking care of my body this spring rush. And that goes with sleep, literally scheduling. I need to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night and, and taking that serious taking serious these workouts and and being faithful with that. And then, of course, my diet. I have fallen off the railroad tracks in years past with eating out at fast food and my workers wanted to eat out, so I've laid it down. And I've told the guys that you know are with me, listen, I, I pack my lunch or I stop at this one place, they have a salad buffet, and I, you know, I get a salad here and there, or I just pack my lunch. And it makes such a difference in my energy levels when I'm, you know, I'm putting wise foods into my body and staying hydrated. That's actually uh, another point that I have written down is, excuse me, to stay hydrated. Excuse me, Mr. Producer. (laughs) Oh, man, I have to yawn and cough at the same time. But it's to stay hydrated. And so that's another big thing as we go into the um, spring is to eat healthy and stay hydrated. All right. I'm getting so many texts. My friends are like, are you, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Super Bowl. <laughs> so I got I to gotta wrap this up. Maybe we'll do a part two, Mr. Producer. But let me let me end with these two, last two, and then we'll do a part two uh, later. Number four is to save money. I'm going to say this again. Save money. I was talking to a friend. I'm not going to say their name. I'm not going to say the situation. But they're talking about how they... They thought they saved for their winter fund last year. And next thing you know, winter's not over and they depleted it. And my friend, the the money that comes in the spring, the money that's on the table in the spring is incredible. There's a the economy right now is booming and there's a lot of opportunity to make money. And it is so important, obviously, that we save a portion of that for our quarterly taxes. Twenty, you know. 25% of whatever your profit is. And we can do another show on how to read your P&L, your profit and loss statement, and how to know how much profit did you have for the month, how much should you set aside. We can do that another day. But ballpark is whatever your profits are, that's not top line, that's bottom line, 
25% of that gets tucked away for quarterly taxes. And I have a plan uh, this year that I have, a, I have an account. It's called the Winter Fund. And money goes into that. It gets tucked away. Now, in Georgia, we don't necessarily have that intense of winners. And I have a lot of my customers on a monthly plan. So I'm still getting paid in December, January, February for uh, maintenance. But the big landscaping projects aren't as prevalent in the winter. And I want to have money saved for the winter. And, uh, and, and hopefully next year, if I can get out of debt, you know, maybe I'll go travel or something in the winter. But whatever your purpose of your winter fund is, this is the time where we, when the money's coming in good, that we don't buy, we don't just randomly be like, oh yeah, let me upgrade this. Oh, I should get that. Oh, I, you know, let me get this. And we, we act like we're ballers because the money is getting hot in the spring. Got to be diligent to set that money aside, save for our quarterly taxes, save for the winter fund, live as simple as you can in the spring, as, as, as stingy as you can and tuck that money away because we will need it another day. And I'm running out of time, so I'll, I'll get into equipment later. But have your equipment plan now. Don't don't be spontaneous and you walk into the – we have a place here called Howard Brothers or Sosby. I don't know what they're called up there. But you can walk in there and be like, oh, man, I want to get that. I want to get that. Oh, they got this. Got, got to be careful that we have – I already know exactly what equipment I need to be efficient and profitable in 2019 – and I actually have my date. There's the, at the Howard Brothers, they have a pro day where everything's discounted. So I know I already have my plan on this day. It's actually coming up here in a few weeks on a Saturday. Here's the equipment that I'm going to buy in cash. And I have those plans. And then there's a couple things later in the year. I'm like, well, I might upgrade to this, but I, I already, I'm planning for it. I have it budgeted. It's not going to be the spontaneous where I just blow money on new shiny things because I have the money coming in during the spring rush. Mr. Producer, we're going to have to, there's no way I can get through all this. So we're going to have to do part two for this later. So let's finish on the last one for this episode. And we'll do part two for my friends. Work hard and a lot. This is our opportunity to make a lot of money when the demand is high. The economy is good right now. As the spring approaches, and, and if you guys are listening to this on a binge listen later, you know, years down the road or in a different month, and you're like, it's not even spring. It's it's a different season. I understand. But I'm publishing this, in, you know, right before spring happens here in Georgia, and I am inspired to work hard. We got a lot of beautiful weather in the spring. We got a lot of demand for our services. And there's seasons in our life where we can relax. We can dial it back a little bit. We can, you know, just chill out. Not in, the, not in a laziness sense, but, you know, have um, seasons of recovery and healing and a little bit more, you know, relaxed schedule. And then there's certain seasons where it's time to go. It's time to make the most of this opportunity. It's time to really capitalize, to seize the opportunity of the lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. Well, I appreciate you guys listening today. I'm going to go watch the Super Bowl with my boys, with my buddies, and, uh, once again, as I said at the beginning of the show, thank you to everybody who's left a review in iTunes. It means a lot. And if you could please go into iTunes and uh, there's a little blue button there that says write a review. If you could drop a sentence or two, it would really mean a lot with your feedback of the show. And there's five stars. If you could drop uh, the rating of however many stars, you got to click on it. I think if you want to drop five star review, you have to actually click on it five times. If you just click on it once, it will leave a one star review and that would be uh, devastating so if you could please leave us um 
however many stars you think the show's worth and then uh, a sentence or two in the iTunes. I really appreciate it and I hope this has encouraged you. I was vulnerable to share my humble beginnings of disaster in starting my business, but I've learned a lot since then. So much more I want to share and we'll do a part two of this hopefully coming up soon. All right, thank you guys. Please, please, please show some love in iTunes. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Green Money Tree Podcast.